Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Today we're, we're, we're launching a, a, a new thought over the next probably four or five weeks. We don't know how long. But just talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And over the next few weeks we're going to be just looking at at him, understanding what it means to build a friendship with the Holy Spirit, taking some time to understand the role of of his presence in our lives and what that looks like. And I wanted to start with a thought this morning. Imagine if we were all on fire and hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. I wonder what that would look like this morning, that if from the old to the young, from the left to the right, from the front to the back, every one of us was on fire for the Holy Ghost that we had a hunger in our hearts for God. There was a burning sensation on the inside for more of the Holy Spirit. I wonder this morning what that would look like. Well, I want to say today that I believe that God's wanting to encourage us in building a greater desire for the things of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. And as we're on this journey tomorrow, today, I want to encourage you to come along with me. You know, when we look at the church, we see the church sort of goes from one pendulum swing to the other pendulum swing. We can have one swing of the pendulum where the local church can be... um, on fire, inverted commas for the Holy Spirit, but absolutely weird and troppo. I mean, just over the top crazy, running around the church with flags and stuff like that, throwing ribbons around and all sorts of things like that. Now, I know I'm offending a few people, I'm only joking. There are times where God does anoint flag waving and ribbon waving and stuff like that. But I think we've probably all seen church have been in meetings where people just appear to be probably a little bit too much on the fleshly side of loving and worshipping the Holy Spirit. That's one side. Then we go to the other side of the pendulum where the church doesn't really talk much about the Holy Spirit or is open to the moving and the working of the Holy Spirit. We know about him, we refer to him, we talk a little bit about him, but there's not that openness of heart to see the Holy Spirit move in and through the local church. Well, I believe for us over this journey that God wants us to come to a place where we open up our hearts and understand the power and the purpose and the place of the Holy Spirit in us and through us and that we come to a place where we are so open to the Holy Spirit moving in us and through us that when we come to church on a Sunday, there's this great sense of Him being in the building and Him wanting to move in us and through us. Amen. Tuesday night was great here in the prayer meeting and we had um, half an hour of just praying and interceding. Then the second part of the prayer meeting, and we haven't done it that much, but we did. We just spent time just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to one another. So we just started praying for one another and there's about 20,000 of us here on the Tuesday night prayer meeting, but we just spent time. And I tell you what, the more that we opened our hearts to the Holy Spirit and the more that we gave him uh, time to move uh, in, in our midst, the more of his presence was growing. I could just sense a greater sense of the anointing of God, the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in, in us and through us. Amen. And I believe that over the next few weeks, God wants to remind us of who the Holy Spirit is. You know, has much of the church today become like this? The benchmark for the church has become attendance over the presence of God. We're more important in the church that we're more concerned about how many people come to church on a Sunday. And that's great. Hallelujah. We're sort of full this morning, but I can't wait for the day so we're full to overflowing. Amen. But much of the church, the benchmark is how many people are in the service versus is the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. Amen. 
is the presence of the Holy Spirit able to move amongst us. And the challenge I was thinking during the week, I wanted to share this scripture with you. I don't believe it's up on the screen. I want to read it to you. The challenge of all of us is this. Are we examples of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, excuse me, verses 4 and 5 today, where Paul speaks about the, 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 the power of God, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, he says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words or human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should be in the wisdom of men, but not in the power of God. Listen to it again. A demonstration of the Spirit of God and of power. Hallelujah. When was the last time that our faith was expressed through a demonstration of the power of God? Hello? Sorry if I'm yelling this morning. I can't hear. can't hear a thing. But when was the last time that our faith and our relationship with God resulted in a demonstration of the power of God? Hallelujah. Come on, let's think about it this morning because that's where we're going. That's what we want to do. We want to see more of God working through our lives. We want to see more of the Spirit of God ministering in our lives and through our lives to the lives of others. But I believe that we need to stir a hunger in our hearts for more of God. In fact, I want to read a quote to you from A.W. Tozer about much of the church and how it could be today. It should be up on the screen. It says, We may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentives to seek higher plateaus and the things of the Spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favour, manufactured delights to substitute the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute the power of the Holy Spirit or of the Holy Ghost. The church today needs to make more room for the Spirit of God to move. Three of us are amen in that. Yeah, hallelujah. Come on. Whether it be in our personal devotion, whether it be in our homes, certainly in the church as well, but we need to make more room for the Spirit of God to move. And this morning I want to spend just a few minutes just refreshing ourselves and maybe renewing ourselves on the significance of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to start this morning in the book of Acts chapter 1. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was probably most the most cataclysmic event that has happened since the resurrection of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to begin in Acts chapter 1. And it's very, very significant. There's a couple of important things that we're going to draw out of this scripture this morning. And it says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Everyone say, promise of the Father. Very significant that we underscore that in our mind. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days from now. Jesus was inferring that as they waited, the promise of the Father was coming upon them. The promise of the Father, what Jesus says here about the Holy Spirit is such a significant thing because out throughout Scripture, we see reference after reference of the prophetic um, um, utterance of the Old Testament and some of the New Testament about the person of the Holy Spirit coming and being sent to the earth to infill and indwell in the believer to empower them for the work that God has for them. Hallelujah to empower us for the work that God has for us. Jesus said, I go, and it's to your advantage that I go, because if I do not go, the, 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 the helper will not come. Hallelujah. 
We need to stir our hearts for a greater hunger and relationship with this person called the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Many of us will know him by name, but do we know him in nature? Many of us can speak about the Holy Spirit, but are we really allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us? Amen. Not just having a knowledge of him, but having a greater relationship with him. Some of the scriptures are referring to the Holy Spirit in Isaiah chapter 44. It referenced the coming of the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel chapter 36, it referenced the coming of the Holy Spirit. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, 29, I want to read it to you because I love this one. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. The old men. Get the dream dreams. Hallelujah. But then it goes on. Your young men shall see visions. And on my maidservants and on my uh, men's servants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Luke chapter 24, Jesus talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then in Luke chapter 16, again, it talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's so significant today that we stir again within our hearts a greater understanding of who he is. And we're going to finish in a couple of moments' time talking about how he wants to move and work through our lives. Hallelujah. All spoke about the person of the Holy Spirit, his his role in our lives as believers. But what I find incredible was this verse said uh, that, that, that in a few days that they were going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, not too many days from there. We pick it up now in uh, Acts chapter 2. It says this, God's purposes and plans are so perfect and we see it here. It says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all there with one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues of fire as each one sat upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's a prayer meeting, hallelujah, right there. I don't care what you say, that is a prayer meeting. Oh my goodness gracious me. You couldn't put that in a movie if you tried, hallelujah. But on the day of Pentecost it said, as they were sitting and waiting on God, that the Holy Spirit descended upon them as cloven tongues of fire upon each one of their head, and then they all began speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. When the day of Pentecost, this is the day the Holy Spirit came to the earth, and this is why it's so significant to the coming of the Holy Spirit, and I want to just unpack this very, very briefly. In order for us to understand this, we need to understand the day of Passover and Pentecost from the Old Testament events. You see, Jesus died on the day of the Passover, of the season of the Passover. That's when Jesus died upon the cross in that season of Passover. And it's very, very significant that we understand that firstly, because Passover was celebrated by the Jewish people because in the Old Testament during the time of the plagues, there was one plague where the angel of death went across the nation of of Egypt and all the firstborn were, 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 were killed in that season, in that plague. But the Bible says that the, the, the children of Israel were encouraged to take a, a lamb without spot and with blemish, to sacrifice that lamb, and then they got out a, a brush or a broom or a paintbrush, whatever, and on the, the front of their doors, they would put the blood of that lamb over the front of the doorway. And when the angel of death came, it would see the blood that was shed, the blood that was sacrificed, and as a result of that, the angel of death would go over that family. It would 
pass over that family. From that day on, every year, the children of Israel would celebrate a time of Passover and recognize again that that an innocent lamb was slain so that their sins could be forgiven. Take it all those years on, Jesus dies on the cross in the season of Passover. And who is Jesus? The Lamb of God who takes away all the sins of the world. Amen. That's why we need to celebrate him for who he is. Amen. And in that season, you know, we just think it's coincidental. It's not coincidental. It's a part of God's perfect plan that Jesus came into the earth and died in that particular season to reiterate again the picture in the Old Testament of what God did through his great mercy for his people. Amen. So we see that Jesus gives his life in the season of Passover, celebrated still today by the children of Israel. The Jewish people still celebrate the Passover. Then, exactly 50 days later, the Jewish people celebrated the Feast of Pentecost. It was a festival held on the Sabbath day as a way of thanking God for their grain and the oils and the things that we just, just don't give, uh, excuse me, that just don't give life, but give abundant life. To look at it, in the Passover, we see that Jesus dies on the cross. And in the Old Testament, we see the, the, the celebration of the Passover. But then exactly 50 days after the season of the Passover, the Jewish people celebrate the day of Pentecost, where they celebrate all the goodness of God in that time and in their lives. Amen. So Jesus dies in the season of Passover. Then 50 days later, we see that on the day of the Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon God's people. Significant when you start to think about it. That in the season of Passover... Jesus dies, and then 50 days later, after his resurrection, and as the, the children, excuse me, as the disciples are waiting in that upper room there, God pours out his Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost, where God has not just given us new life in Christ, but listen to it, abundant life with the Holy Spirit. Life now is a union between God and his people and this union takes place through the person of the Holy Spirit. God no longer dwelling among us, but now God dwelling in us. Such a significant thing, such a huge thing when you think about it. In fact, I love the words of Jesus here. John chapter 14, verse 7. He says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies, the Holy Spirit, amen. And I believe that God wants to encourage us. The Holy Spirit is not a thing or an it. He's a person. If you're like me, I'm really being, really being challenged that I'm not cherishing enough my friendship with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I just stirred as we conclude today to revisit what Jesus said was the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, what it was meant to be. In John chapter 14, verse 16, but the helper will abide with me forever. Do you need help this morning? Well, you need the Holy Spirit, amen, to cry out to him, to reach out to him, to acknowledge him even more. Then John 14, 26, it says, but the helper, he will teach me all things. He'll teach me all things. Then in John 15, 26, but the helper, he will bear witness of Jesus in my life. John chapter 16, verse 13, but the helper, he will guide me into all truth. I love it there. The word helper, 
parakletos, the advocate, the helper, the comforter. This, he's my friend. He's my helper. He's the one that God sent, that Jesus allowed to come to the earth as he ascended to be my friend, to be my helper, to be my comforter. I don't know about you this morning, but these are all the things that I need and I believe that we need in our lives as well. But we've got to stop treating the Holy Spirit just like some whatever, and realize that he's real and he's alive. And as we've asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit, he's living within us today and he wants to express himself through us, but we've got to be open to him, amen, and acknowledging him, talking to him, walking with him, communing with him, spending time with him, crying to him, reaching out to him, making time for Him, walking with Him, whatever the case may be, so that we can have more of Him in our lives. Every friendship needs an investment, amen? It needs time. Did you know that the Holy Spirit, do you know about the Holy Spirit? Are you building a friendship with the Holy Spirit? If you're feeling dry in your relationship with God, you need to revisit the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're needing greater direction in your life, you need to visit the purpose of the Holy Spirit for your life. And I think this is so, so true as we conclude this morning. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, we must first acknowledge that we're empty. Amen? You know, thank God for the opportunity that we have for regular infillings of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Doesn't just, you just get dibby-dabbed on that day and someone lays their hand on you and you start speaking in tongues and that's just all good and that's just all great. But you know there are regular times where we have opportunity to be refilled and refreshed and infilled by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So how are you this morning? Feeling full to overflowing? Not yet? Maybe feeling a little bit empty this morning. Maybe thinking I just have need for more of God's presence in my life today. Well, if you're like the rest of us, you're probably in that basket where you're saying, well, God, I'm just wanting more of you, Holy Spirit. I'm wanting a greater sense of your spirit. And this morning, why don't we just take a few moments just as we conclude today, just to open up our hearts and just to, in our own personal moment in our own personal way just to reach out to God this morning and say Lord today thank you and again acknowledge who he is the gift of heaven the one that was sent to fill to encourage to assist to help to comfort to walk alongside with to empower all of those things this morning why don't we just close our eyes this morning just as we conclude today. Father, we thank you this morning that he is your promise, Lord. When Jesus said to wait and tarry for the promise of the Father, Lord, I'm sure that the disciples had very little idea about what you were talking about. But Lord, today we do. We know it's the Holy Spirit. You are. He is the promise of the Father. And this morning, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We just wait on you this morning and in our own way and in our own hearts, we just open up to you today. Lord, we thank you this morning for your faithfulness. We thank you this morning, God, that you are so willing 
and more than able to fill us. And today, Lord, we open our hearts to you as a church. We say, move Holy Spirit. We say, God, have your way in each of our lives, through each of our hearts, in our families, in our own walk. We just pray over these coming weeks that you would just stir a greater hunger for an understanding of who you are and how you want to work through our lives, Lord, into the lives of others, that you so want to fill us with your presence. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We bless you. So thank you this morning. We just wait on you, God. We wait on you this morning. So thankful to you, Father in heaven. So thankful to you, Jesus. So thankful to your Holy Spirit. So worthy. Lord, over this next week, we just pray that you would stir our hearts. Lord, as we gather to pray on Tuesday night, we just so thank you that you're preparing our hearts even before we arrive at that place to meet you and encounter you again. We just welcome you to stir us and move through us and pray through us in ways that we've never done before. So we just thank you this morning for this meeting, this morning, this day. And everybody said amen and amen.